welcome to Universal After Dark, a universal podcast that's not the same as all the others. Hi and welcome to this week's Universal After Dark. I'm your host as always, Amanda, and I'm joined today by Chris Ripley. Good evening. Polly D. Hello there. Nick. Hello. And Luke. Hello. Oh, are you doing an accent again? Was I? No, um, a little bit, a little bit. Not as fancy as the accents from Halloween Horror Nights, but it was all right. <laughs> How is everyone? I'm, I'm well, thank you. I mustn't grumble. Good. Doing good. Luke, is it warmer in Florida yet? Oh yeah, it's like been in the like low 80s the past couple of days. I'm loving it. I don't know what that is in in English terms. Uh, I'd say high 20s. Kind of warm. Kind of warm. Kind of warm? Well, I mean, really warm compared to like what we are having, because it's been like minus two where I live today. It snowed snowed yesterday. It kept snowing and hailing yesterday. Well, I haven't had any hail, but it's been like really, really icy everywhere. So I'd definitely take like high 20s, but like I like my Florida in the 30s. Maybe I'm strange. I don't know. I just like being warm. I only work in Fahrenheit. I can't work Fahrenheit. <laughs> I have to ask Siri all the time. Multiply it by two and add on 30. That's too oh, much. That's too that's much work. Is that, yeah, is that, that's like, whoa. Is that what, is that what it is? You, you times it's it by roughly. Two. It's not exactly, but it's, yeah, it's, times it's multiplied by 1.8 and add on 32, actually, but... Oh, that's, that's way too much. That's a bit harder. Yeah. In the time it <laughs> takes me to do that, I could ask Siri like 10 times. <laughs> yeah, no, that, yeah get an app. That's an easier. Yeah, what about, easier what about if we didn't have Siri, though? Hmm? What if we didn't have Siri? Then I'd have to Google it. And then paper. What about if we didn't oh, have Google? I'd, um, I, well, I'd be screwed then, because I'm, I'm terrible at maths. <laughs> Absolute rubbish. Anyway, this isn't a show about maths and how I'm not good at maths. This is a show about Universal Studios. Oh. (laughs) Surprising. Surprising to many. But I'm almost missing what we start the show with every single week, and that's what we're drinking. So, Nick, I'm going to start with you because I'm hoping you've got something fancy. No, I haven't. I've just got some cherry Pepsi Max and vodka. Very, I mean, Oh, that, that is fancy. Fancy-ish, fancy-ish. Yeah, you could you could call that a cocktail, I reckon. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, um, a tall, a tall drink. Yes, it'll, it'll do. Yeah, Polly, do what you drinking? So sorry, I'm a bit boring as well. I bought in bulk, so I've got another Thatcher's He's cider, cloudy cider. Yes. Another what flavour is it? Is it like fruity one or not? No, it's just a regular. Oh, I see. That just he's cloudy, yeah, just regular Somerset cider. See, I know this comes as a surprise to a lot of people, um, but cider traditionally is just apple. I know, but now, like mm. you, ne- you barely ever see like just regular apple cider anymore. It's, it's all fancy flavors. He's very it's true. true. Yeah, very yeah. true. Yeah, but what ever happened to Perry? Um, well, I don't know. The last time I saw him, he was getting chased by Doctor Doofenshmirtz, but he normally. <laughs> Ended up on the winning side anyway, and then before Ooh. the end of the episode, <laughs> uh, 
Drink both. Phineas and Ferb's amazing. <laughs> off, off of your heads. <laughs> or, or, I've, or... I've never seen Phineas and Ferb ever. What? what? Sorry. I, I just haven't. He's very good, Amanda. For, for it, a kid's uh, cartoon, it's very, very good. Uh, I'll see. I might, I might, I might try it. I see the characters. Like, well, I see, like, I saw all, like the Perry the Platypus thing, and well, I saw like Phineas and Ferb had a meet and greet at MGM. But I was like, I don't, don't know who that is. All, all I, all I'll say is that Phineas and Ferb is probably the only place you'll get a reunion of um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost characters from Shaun of the Dead. I'm going to blow your mind again because I haven't seen Shaun of the Dead. Oh my god. What? What? I'm with you, Amanda. I haven't seen it either. Yeah, but Luke, I'll get that sorted. Yeah, you're not British, though, Luke. Like, it's almost a rite of passage over here. It's like meeting Uh, the Queen or having tea and crumpets. You know what? I feel like that's honestly why I haven't seen it. Have you seen Zombieland? No. Yes. What? Right, Amanda. Get yourself sorted out. Right, let's let's just stop this. Ep- this episode's rubbish. Let's just stop the episode. <laughs> we'll come back, record it when Amanda's watched some films. You're like the Craig Lucas of this podcast. No, I'm not. I've seen all the films, just not those. <laughs> <laughs> just not a really good one. Shaun of the Dead, Amanda. Well, I mean, then I Zombieland. I don't yeah. know. Why you'll never you look at you'll never look at a Twinkie the same again when you've watched Zombieland. <laughs> oh. No balls. You'll never, you'll never look at a Twinkie the same way again if you watch uh, Widow Yankovic's comedy classic UHF. I um, very short side note. I was, I had the opportunity to be a zombie in Shaun of the Dead, and didn't because I went to a, a university lecture instead that day. Oh no! So oh Nick. Yeah, I know what Dick. I could have been a famous Hollywood actor by now. I know. I'd watch it if you were in it. <laughs> Let's pretend I am. You wouldn't know if I was or wasn't. To be fair. <laughs> you know, you know, Shaun of the Dead was at Halloween Horror Nights one year. Didn't you watch it that it? year? What? No. Yeah, I mean, it I've, was. I've literally, I've never seen it. Yeah, it was at Halloween Horror Nights one year. Holy but I don't remember that. Two thousand and nine, I believe. Oh the first God. of the Cornetto movies. Yes, the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. Okay, enough of making me look stupid. <laughs> Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, du bon, du bon, du bon sang, Evian. Chris? Yeah, sorry. The school night. <laughs> Luke, what are you, what are you drinking? Uh, what I'm non-alcoholic beverage are you drinking? Tap water in my last Jedi cup. Yeah, well, at least you fancied it up with the last Jedi cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess me and Nick and Paulie D are the only alcoholics of this podcast. <laughs> well, I think that was proven a long time ago. To be fair. <laughs> and I'm Bud Light. And I got this really, really cheap today, not at a supermarket somewhere else. I got it for like £2.95 for four big cans. Of Bud Light? Yeah. I don't know why it's as cheap as it is, you know. I, I often see it on, on offer quite a lot, actually. I don't know yeah. why. Like, but I'm taking it on alcoholic stuff on offer. Mm. Well, that, yeah, well, that was like... Body swerved that. <laughs> well, you know what? It wasn't as bad. It wasn't as bad as what I thought it was going to be when I was doing my new alcohol January thing. It was okay. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't choose to drink it. I just wanted to yeah. try it. I don't think I'd get it again, but it wasn't like as, as bad as what I thought it was going to be. Well, that... It made me just want to... There was a big stack of it. It made me just want to 
push it over, clean up an oil pie. <laughs> it looks so cool though because it's it's black and white, and I was like, oh, special edition. And I was like, yeah, no alcohol, and I was like, oh, right. I quite like Bud Sixty Six, you know. Yeah, you know what I like the the Czech version of Budweiser. Oh, that's the original, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I not really the same like... company. No, that and that brilliant. comes in giant bottles. In uh, in, I don't want to give them a plug because I don't sponsor the show. But if you want to go to uh, a famous supermarket that's named after a famous Icelandic country, um, they sell it in kegs, small kegs that would fit on your table, about twelve, what? fifteen quid. Yeah, yeah, with uh, a little stout on it. To... So yeah, an oldie. Yeah. Not not that one. The other not one. That one. Not that one. But close that enough. sounds cool. I've never seen that before. Mm. Yeah, it's it's new. Well, I, I saw it recently, so I think it's new. So yeah. Ah, okay, let's get to what we are actually doing a podcast about today and that's universal bits and pieces. So Well, hang on, Luke, before you start, man, wait. sorry, I'm just gonna say you'll already be pleased to know that we've started the show, even with me interrupting it, we've started the show quicker this episode <laughs> than we did in the last episode, This After Dark, where I think we hit around <laughs> 11 minutes before we stopped talking about coffee. <laughs> <laughs> we, that's what we do. We waffle and we say stupid things and that's just that's just who we are. We mm-hmm. get to the important stuff like an hour in. <laughs> have, have you ever watched... waffles the best bet. Yeah, I think so. Have you ever watched Cats Does Countdown? All the time. Literally, the whole program is just them introducing each other. (laughs) I I read today. I read today (laughs) that they um, an episode of because I mean, how long is it on for, Chris? About an hour. Oh yeah. Adverts. About about forty-five minutes. Apparently, each episode takes three hours to record. God. Because of all the ad libbing and everything like that, and also because they have to cut so many jokes out because of the lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) It's another thing that was said. Bit like this show. Yeah. Well, yeah. Except we don't come. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Before we get sued, Luke has done two super, super exciting things in the last few weeks, and I've been dying to hear all about them. And I'm really jealous of you right now, Luke. Hate you a little bit. Oh my. But I love you equally. So. Such <laughs> <Yeah>. a <laughs> <laughs> The first super exciting thing that Luke did, and Luke, I think you were the first person that I actually know that. I went to go and do this. Like, I haven't actually seen anybody else that I know go and do it yet. And that was yeah. the Marvel character dining. Yes. Was it amazing? It was super duper fun. Um, I'm still not really embarrassed. I didn't know who Rogue was. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you uh, actually right. knew who she was, then that's the main thing. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I'm not a huge, huge Marvel fan. But if anyone is, I highly recommend it then because it was all things Marvel. I knew most everything that was in there, so that was well. That's something. Yeah, and the food was good. They had some delicious brookies, which they had M and M's on top of it with icing. Oh, so healthy! Oh my gosh. <laughs> but, Love it. Yeah, and then I don't know. There was a bunch of good food there. Pizza. Classic, can't go wrong with that. Well, unless you're lactose intolerant, then you probably, <laughs> yeah. probably could go wrong with that. I have, mm-hmm. a, 
have a pillow that is shaped like a pizza. This is a little something. <laughs> ah, yeah. So have you have you been to other um like character dining experiences or not? Was that your first one? That was my first one ever. I really. I've never really done any like meet and greets or stuff like that. So it was really interesting to see how it was because I've always seen videos and stuff of it, but I've never actually gotten to do it. So how? So because that's your first one, then I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this out without sounding like, like making it sound awkward. But what was it awkward having characters coming over while you're eating? Because it was your first Not, time. Yeah, a little bit, and they'd always come over whenever I had food in my mouth, just like a waiter. So <laughs> that was always awkward to look forward to after every character would come by. I had to just be like, okay, hold on, let me finish eating. <laughs> I would I would have said that I think what they do well certainly in my case what they do is they wait to see you put food in your mouth and then go right now's the time but I always believed that was true and I realised one day it's just that I don't seem to have any time without food being in my mouth yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it's probably just self-inflicted yep probably but were they because you you were on your own mm-hmm were they like were they good with coming over even though you were on your own because I think a lot of the time when when you are at a character dining thing they tend to focus a lot of their time on kids oh yeah definitely so also, were they giving you as good as an interaction being by yourself as they were with maybe families that had younger kids I think I got pretty good uh interactions because they definitely know how to keep a conversation so can't go wrong with that but um, That's all, all like I was watching all the uh, other interactions, and they definitely had a good interaction with the kids. The kids were loving it. All of them were just so excited to see these superheroes. I bet it looked super cool. So like, if if people haven't watched already, Luke actually did a a vlog on the Marvel character dining, and the, it looked incredible. The food actually looked really really good. I'm not massive on on like buffet style theme park food but i think it actually really really looked nice was it was it was it like fresh and good oh yeah definitely it was all fresh food it wasn't a line so i mean it's not like super super fresh but they definitely make it right before the event that's good so how how much was it again uh, it was, it was fifty two dollars. I was with tax, so it's forty nine ninety nine, and then taxes. Okay, but, so, so if you were like a family of five, that's that's obviously gonna be pretty, pretty expensive. Would you say that it was worth the money? I'd say yes, definitely. If you're a Marvel fan, but if you're just like making a quick trip down and you don't really watch the Marvel movies, I wouldn't say do it. Oh, really? Yeah, like an express pass or something. <laughs> do you think, like, it was really, really new when you'd, when you'd gone to it? I think it had been open for maybe, like, two or three weeks. What, did uh, they seem to be, like, in the flow already? Yeah, or kind of. It was a little weird up in the front with, like, check-in. What they did is you were right outside of the Marvel Cafe, and you would just have to wait in a line until they got to you with the iPads so they could uh, check the reservations, which you do have to make a reservation. I, oh, really? 
Yeah. It well, once you buy the ticket, you have to make a reservation up to twenty four hours in advance, just so they know they could like get a headcount. Um, and then after you check in, they just kind of set you outside in those little picnic areas that are outside of the cafe, and then they just come to you and let you know when your table's ready, and then just get sent in. Huh. Is, is it in Cafe Cafe 4? Yeah. That's what it's called. Okay, so that's, that's like right at the front of the park, then, isn't it? Yeah, right by bathrooms in front of Okay, so do they, do they just have one time of the day that you can go, or do they have like different slots, and then you pick a time? Um, right now, on the website, it's only from like 6 to, or 5 to 7 p.m., I think I don't know if they're gonna change that, and I think it's only Thursday through Sunday. Huh. It's a very yeah. small. It's a very small yeah. window. Yeah, I think they're um, also because I was talking to. I called them on the phone about it, and they're saying that they are gonna try to start doing it every day of the week. So this is kind of like in beta. Right. Mm. They um. Oh, what was I gonna say? I actually had something to contribute to that conversation. Yeah. Okay. So when you booked, when you booked in, you had to, you had to give them at least twenty four hours notice, right? You said it was open five till seven. Did you have to give them a time, or was it just a case of, you know, we're open between five and seven? Um, I actually didn't make a reservation. I completely forgot about it and showed up. But luckily, I was just one person, so they just let me in. Um, but I would. I don't think you would have to specify a time. Because it was just like 5 to 7 show up and it just uh, kind of, what is it called? Like right in the, the line that I was talking about, I think that's when they just figure out like who's showing up and crossing out all the names and stuff. Right. So you're just kind of like, I, I've paid for it and I'm coming on Thursday or I've paid for it yeah. and I'm coming on Sunday. Right. I was under the impression that maybe they had, like, they started at 5, and they might have, like, one at 5, and then maybe, like, one, like, at 7.30. Oh, no, yeah, no. It's just 5 through 7. Huh. Low. It looked really cool. Like, and considering that you that you are on your own, like you said, they, they, from the video anyway, it looked like they did really work hard on the interaction to make sure that you were having just as good of an interaction yeah definitely awesome i'm gonna be a bit controversial right um oh well, firstly for, for me <laughs> what <laughs> um well firstly um luke did video this this experience so if you haven't checked it out on the youtube channel please do because i thought it was really good and i i thought the interactions were great but Here's where the controversy kicks in. And this happened the first time I went to Marvel Superhero Island and I saw characters in public for the first time. I used to read X-Men comics in the 90s and I used to love the cartoon. And I was really excited when they made the films. And then when they made the first film, I liked it, but I was like, oh, I wish the costumes like looked a bit more like they did in the comic books. But when you actually go to... Marvel Superhero Island, and you see the meet and greets, and obviously now you see the character dinner. Um, when you see those costumes in public as they look in the comic books, you realise just why they couldn't make the films that way, because they look ridiculous. 
<laughs> yeah. In real life, like, I, I mean, the costume work is brilliant. Like, all of the costumes look like they do in the comics and the cartoons, but mm-hmm. in real life, worn by real people, it looks absurd. Are you slagging Captain America off because Captain America is my crush? Well, the weird thing is, right, there are a few characters that it works well with. So Spider-Man, for, for whatever reason, doesn't look weird in, in public. I don't know why. Have you seen the 1970s Spider-Man movie? <laughs> uh, leave Nicholas Hammond alone. Uh, <laughs> that was sassy. Not only was it sassy, why... No, you were sassy. No, I know, but why the hell do I know Nicholas Hammond played Spider-Man in the 70s? Why? Right. Do I yeah, know how that? the hell do you know that? I, you know what? I mean, Google it, because I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right, and I am embarrassed for myself right now, so don't don't feel bad for me. Um, but Spider-Man looks good in public, except for that version. Um, <laughs> Captain America looks good in public, except for the 1990 TV movie version. That looks terrible. Um... Thor looks pretty good. Style, you know what? I think it's the ones, the ones that don't have masks or really elaborate hair look the best. Like Hulk. Like Hulk. Yeah, he's a great, he's a great one in real life. Um, <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like you know, like I know he's not a Marvel, but Star Lord. Okay, we've got that really you know crappy one down the road at Disney World, but. The one in, in California is pretty good. And if you saw that in, in public, if you saw Chris Pratt in public, he wouldn't look weird or out of place. But, you know, if you saw Juggernaut, in, for example, in in public, you'd probably think it'd look weird. Well, supposedly, the reason why Lucasfilm have used that actor to be the young Han Solo in the new Han Solo movie is because when the really shit Star-Lord has finished playing Star-Lord, he can then play the meet-and-greet Han Solo. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I know it's not true, but it probably is true. <laughs> it, it really, I mean, as, as we saw about last week, you know, I was looking at things that could have done a better job at being Han Solo, and I still think my, my potted plant would have been one of them. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I like it, and I thought the interactions you got, Luke, were, were brilliant. And mm-hmm. I do think that you, it probably works in your favour that you were by yourself, because you didn't have any kids with you. If you have kids yeah. with you, I think you'll get a good character experience. That's, that's always been in, in my thing. I've had good character dining experiences myself, but when you've got kids, I think they make a, a bit more of an effort, as bad as that sounds, but I think they just they just do. Um, but because you was on your own, there was more reason to give you that interaction. So yeah. I, I think it, it came off really well. So despite the fact that I think some of them look quite goofy, and no, I don't mean that dog down the road, um, you know, I, I th- think it looked really fun and it was definitely something I would do. And if I was like six or seven, I mean, I'd be in heaven at that. Oh, that yeah. would just blow my tiny mind. It looked super, super awesome. Like, I am really, really jealous. I'm not one for character dining. Like, as much as I love the princesses at Disney, uh, like, I'm just, I don't think I'd. I'd be comfortable with paying that much money as not that I'm saying like because I'm an adult like not not at all because I'm an adult but just I don't feel like I'd benefit as much as what kids would from maybe like a princess dining experience whereas with a Marvel dining experience I feel like I would get a bit more out of that especially because I really fancy Captain America (laughs) (laughs) 
<sighs> why isn't like why isn't Spider-Man in there though? I don't know. I wanted him to be in there because I think. Oh wait, yeah, he was. Oh, I, I don't. I don't. But was he in the video? Yeah. Oh, was he? Oh. No. Do, um, do clearly just drunk. <laughs> do you remember uh, Mickey's Not So Scary? They did a an event within a half ticketed event within a half ticketed event when they had this villains meet and greet in the castle. Yeah. I uh-huh. I I did that. That was the most awkward ninety minutes of my life. Oh wow! Really? And you've been on yeah. some of these episodes of podcasts. Nineteen <laughs> or nine zero. Nine zero. Nine zero. Yeah. Gosh. Because th- you have these characters and you have a lot of time with them. What the hell do you say to them? You yeah, you that's kind of them, how I feel. You know, you can't say to them, you know, what's your hourly rate? You know, what, <laughs> you know, what time do you knock off? You, you can't ask these questions. <laughs> nice horns. <laughs> well. To Maleficent, obviously. I mean, you know. <laughs> that, yeah, like, that's you... what I mean. Like, with that's like, I feel like I'd have more kind of conversation with Marvel characters than what I would with somebody else. But, like, with the villains one, like, I... I'm pretty into villains, so I feel like I'd enjoy yeah. that. Yeah, it was mostly um, Cinderella's two ugly sisters. I think that was. The oh, two. the Tremaine sisters—they're my favourites. Yeah, them too. Yeah, I love them. One of them was quite hot. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I know you're saying. You know what I'm saying? I know you're saying. <laughs> okay, so would you do it again, Luke? Yes, definitely. Well, that's good to hear. I feel yeah. like I really hope that they're still doing this in in April and that they they maybe do expand it to more nights because I definitely want to try it. I do kind of feel like fifty dollars is a little bit steep. Yeah, am, that's I, am I wrong? Yeah, no, you're not wrong because I would do it again if it was either like I was going with someone or people were like, "Hey, do you want to go? Do you want to split this?" Well, here's my thing though about going with somebody is that I feel like then, like if I was to go with Ash, we're then collectively paying a hundred dollars. Oh yeah. For a for a meal, but, and then I feel like. But, mm. Yeah, but the thing is, like, how much would you pay in Cinderella's royal table? Yeah, obviously, like we we went through the menu thing on on last episode is after dark and i was like shocked that it was about 70 dollars for a meal and i was like Ooh. no because i can't eat anything from the menu anyway yeah whereas with this i like from from what luke said and from looking at luke's video like there, there'd be a lot more choice for me to have at this diner but then i'm like is that a hundred dollars worth of food for me and ash yeah i mean i suppose the, the thing is like uh, and there's a lot, there's a lot of rows about this in like Disney Facebook groups, especially Disneyland Paris, because the food is more expensive there generally. Um, but the thing is, you're kind of paying for that experience. You're paying for that interaction. Yeah. Now, if you paid your fifty dollars, um, because I mean, one thing I will warn people that haven't watched Luke's video already, especially if you're British, you will feel disappointed with the amount of plates that Luke went through. Because I think you had like two. Did you have two plates or three plates? Three. Three plates. Yeah. I mean, it's a good no. effort. It's a good effort, but you know, yeah. really, um, <laughs> we'd, we'd definitely have more than that. No. <laughs> but um, you know, you're, you're paying for the entire experience. If you didn't have the interactions, um, if you paid that money, didn't have the interactions, didn't have a lot of food, 
then I'd say, yeah, maybe it wasn't worthwhile spending that extra money. But I think the fact that you're getting that interaction, it's a really good interaction as well with characters that you, you know, I mean, how often do you get all of those characters out? I think I've seen all those characters out, but never in one day. Yeah. Like, rarely they'll go out on the shoots and meet everyone. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they come out on the quad bikes, but I don't know whether, like, everybody comes out together. Oh, and also, going back to what I was saying earlier about them looking goofy, yeah, nothing screams goofy than Wolverine on a quad bike. <laughs> you know, it, it's probably the most un like vehicle you can imagine. You might as well come out of a Mini Cooper. Very 90s. <laughs> Luke? Yes? Was the Green Goblin and Doctor Doom there? No. Why? Aww. I, I think it's just superheroes. Or oh. uh, good guys. Oh. If I was yeah. Universal, like, after all, all of, like, Wolverine and Storm and Rogue and everyone came out, I'd, like, make all the lights go, like, all flashy, and I'd get Doctor Ooh. Doom and Green Goblin out. Like, that'd be super cool. Yeah. I'd be more inclined to pay £50, then. I think, $50. I think the problem with that... And I, the thing is, I like that idea, Amanda. I think the problem is, is that... Um, sometimes kids can get intimidated by the good guys. And if you're aiming at a family audience, maybe the villains, even though they're not, not going to really be scary, but the concept of them is, is still quite scary. So maybe that's why. But at the same token, wouldn't it be good if they were like, right, Saturday night is villains night? Yes. So, so that way you've kind of got the choice of you can go and do it, you know, four days a week or however many days it's going to be on where you can meet the Marvel heroes. But this night is when the villains come out to play. How many uh, villains are they allowed to use? Well, right now, the, like the only ones that actually come out is Doctor Doom and, and Green Goblin. Uh, like they're the only ones that, are, that you even see must, in the park. They must have Magneto. Like, they must have the rights to Magneto because he's X-Men. And, you know, they've got Spider-Man, so surely they should be able to have any of the other Spider-Man villains as well, of which there's loads. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the Marvel show they used to do in the studios? I know of it. No one's seen it, no. Amanda, you... Oh, no, no, I haven't. Uh, I don't remember it, but I think we've had this conversation before that I don't remember it. Okay, all right. Well, I remember that having Green Goblin and um, Doctor Doom. I think it also had Magneto. Huh. So, I mean, the rights to this goes back to that show, really. So. Okay. Well, this leads quite nicely into a question that we had from Simon, who said, "Forget about the." quotes other company having the rights to Marvel, if you could have any other Marvel character or characters in the dining experience who would you choose? I would have... Personally, I'd, I'd go with the villains. Yeah. Uh, Howard the Duck. <laughs> I hope he shows up in Infinity War. Because he, oh. did, he did show up in, in Guardians of the Galaxy, didn't he? Yeah, the, uh, what's it called, the collection. Yeah. Oh my god, forget what I said, and have Star-Lord and Groot. <laughs> <laughs> You've already met them. 
Yeah, but like I, I loved Little Baby Groot, but I'd have like Hot Star Lord. Hot Star Lord. <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically, anyone other than that guy with that awful wig. Um, yeah, I feel I'm... mean, but he just what he just wasn't solid. But like, I'm I'm not being horrible to him because like I I appreciate him, but I just wanted Chris Pratt. Mr. D, do you have a Marvel character that you think you'd go for? Uh, uh, not Hulk. Don't think you'd get in <laughs> any food, but um, uh, yeah, Groot would be pretty cool, wouldn't he? Yeah. I I would choose Groot's a popular choice, so that, yeah. I'm ruling that one out. I would choose Magneto purely because. I would keep going, oh, no, I've got no cutlery. And I'd make him, like, get the cutlery just by standing there. And, like, drop, at him. Drop, it, drop it on the floor. Oh, I need some more cutlery. And he'd have to go and get some more cutlery by not moving. I think that'd be good. I think that'd be fun for everyone. Oh, my God, I've changed my mind again. I'd have Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'd do. I'd have Punisher, I'd have Jessica Jones, I'd have Daredevil. Like, yeah, that's that's what I want. No, 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 no. Black Widow in the cat suit. Yes. All day long. Hubba hubba. I just dropped my fork. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, but to be honest, if you if you if you try that one with her, she might kick you in the face. So at least yeah, probably. Magneto, his power is is you know magnets, so he'd be able to do it with his mind, but. She would just probably kick your ass for trying to be cheeky, but I'd like that. <laughs> I, I would take that. So, yeah. Luke, who would you have there if you could have picked anybody? Who would you have had? I would want like Venom or Carnage. Oh. Do you think that they're going to get Venom in with like because now's the opportune time, really? No. Yeah, I don't think they would, but I would. Uh, I don't think they can. Oh, really? Well, I, it's weird because. Venom is Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but if I understand, and, and I think Chris knows this better than I do, but if I understand correctly, isn't the agreement that if that character has been represented in the park, they can use him? Oh, um, I think the, what the original contract, yeah, is to do with the universe. So as Venom. I don't know. I suppose as Venom is a part of Spider-Man. I, I thought what it was, and so I think the answer is neither of us know for sure, but I thought the, the original agreement was if the char- they, they could have access to all the characters, but they have to use them, and that would stop them being able to be used by anyone else. And it was something as silly as just them, have it, just them being displayed somewhere. So in the cafe, for example, when you've got the characters on the walls... Mm-hmm. Any of those characters that are on the walls, like Submariner, for example, um, can't be used by anyone else because I they're think, represented. I think anything east of the Mississippi, they have the rights to. And it's, it, they've paid for different universes of characters. So Spider-Man's villains they can use. But every time they introduce something new, they have to get approval from Marvel. So, like, when they revised all their costumes recently, Disney would have had to have signed off on that. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine if they was going to do a meet and greet with, like, Venom, then they would need to get approval for that. Because hmm. Venom's not in the Spider-Man ride 
and neither is Carnage, but there is a version of... Uh, in fact, Luke, do you even know what that character is in the Spider-Man Carnage? Movie? It's not Carnage, though, is it? It's a woman. Oh, yeah. What is her name? Though, uh, interestingly, Venom and Carnage both featured at Halloween Horror Nights one year. Yes. Wow. Oh, yeah, on Islands, right? On Islands, yeah. When it was at Islands. They need to do that again. I, um, no. I've got to say, though, I know why I managed to it up, but I, I didn't really rate that Venom trailer. Um, I haven't seen it yet. There's not, you don't see anything. You just see Tom, Tom Hardy ham it up a little bit. I, I agree with you, Nick. Can I also ask a question, right? Marvel said this film will not be part of MCU. Yeah. Yet Sony said it will be part of MCU. Mm. And now, obviously, Spider-Man's not in the film, but Venom and Carnage are both in the film. So is it a part of the MCU or not? No. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's Disney's cinematic universe. If they've turned around and said, it's part of it, it's part of it. Sony can't call the shots. That's Disney. Um... I th- mm. Yes, Sony. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, who do you think you are? So, 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 I'll so tell you who they are. Here. They're the people that own the rights to Spider-Man. Yeah, but uh, I mean, spot, well, it, it's an odd one because I mean they've been trying to make a Venom film for for like years. I'm still amazed that it's been green lit and it's actually been filmed because I never thought I'd see the day they'd actually make one. Um, mm. But unless unless they have somebody show up in it then it won't be part of the MCU. It'll be completely yeah. separate. Um, and I'm pretty sure they didn't even have the rights. I'm sure they took the rights from somewhere else because I know that Sony didn't have the rights to Venom. I want to say it was with New Line for a long time. So they've obviously bought those rights up when they've become free or they've done a deal with, with whoever had them to take them. So it's not a Disney decision at all for them to do this. They've obviously worked together on Spider-Man and bring him in. But to me, Venom looks like it's part of the same world as Spider-Man. But if there's going to be no crossover, then it'll be a completely separate entity. I think the only time it will change is if Venom actually becomes a big hit. Mm. And then Disney might go, mm, okay, let's, let's do something now. Mm. But at the moment, as far as I understand, the only thing to do with Sony and the MCU is Spider-Man and those characters. Can I choose my mind about who I want for my character breakfast? <laughs> you sound like me. I want, I've decided I want Wolverine. Yep. Yep, to cut up my sausages. <laughs> and then I want Cyclops to, because uh, my burger isn't well enough done. <laughs> oh, I thought he was going to get Fix into it. the toast. Yeah. So, Venom's rights were sold to New Line Cinema. I was right. I don't understand yeah. how I was right all the time. Who wrote a film that they were going to produce where Venom was the hero and Carnage was the villain. Yep. Couldn't raise funds for it. Punted it about for quite a while. And then in 2007... Uh, because Venom was part of the Spider-Man universe, the rights reverted automatically to Sony. Hmm. Ah. Because if you don't make a film with your character from Marvel, you lose the rights, don't you? See Fantastic Four. Exactly. The Roger Corman version. 
Mm. Have anyone seen the documentary on that, by the way? Very good. Nope. No, I plan to. Where did you see it? Uh, Amazon Prime, I think. Oh, okay. In the UK. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so Manny, you don't worry about watching the Venom trailer. To be honest, until I see the costume, I'm not really interested. Huh. They got it well, so wrong last time. Today at work, one of my work friends was like, oh, I'm surprised that you're not like all over this Venom thing because of Tom Hardy. And I was like, mm, I don't even really like him. Should you be like, over like Sky Mobile then? Why? Because Tom Hardy. Why? Because he does the adverts for him. Oh, does he? I, I don't, don't, don't have a, um, an aerial, so I don't watch regular TV. I'm weird. Um, but just pay yeah, your TV license. <laughs> I have a TV license, but I just because all I was doing was I was sitting there and just watching like crap TV all the time. So I, I just cut the end off my aerial, and I was like, now I have to watch things that like I actually seriously want to watch. Like I have to go out <laughs> of my way to watch things, so I don't watch crap all day. <laughs> <laughs> Can't watch bargain hunt. Yeah, exactly. Because that's how, like, I would literally spend my days like, oh, well, I'll just watch one more episode of this, or oh, this is done, so I may as well just stay here and watch this. And I wasn't getting anything done, so I was like, no, no more, not doing it. And it's it's made me watch things like like the Marvel, the new Marvel shows. Like, I, I probably wouldn't have actually watched them if I hadn't yeah, got my email. Kids today got it good. I mean, when Nick and I were at uni, we only watched Murder She Wrote and Diagnosis Murder. That was it. One of those had Dick Van Dyke in it. <laughs> uh, the other had Angela Lansbury. Yeah, that's nothing. When when Mr. D was at university, there was uh, three TV channels. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and they were only on. They were only on certain times of the day, and you couldn't record anything. Hey, I tell you what, I still remember. Right, I still remember um, staying up late at night watching Moonlighting because obviously, as it's been established um, quite a lot on podcasts that I'm on, terrible parenting. Um, and, and BBC One used to turn off. They used to yeah. say, like, oh, it's good night from us, play the National Anthem, and that was it. That's right. <laughs> I, can re- I can remember when they launched Channel 4, the night they launched Channel 4. It was, like, yeah. a big deal. Yeah. I don't remember them launching Channel 4, but I remember them launching Channel 5. Yeah. Channel, Channel and they f- had Spice Girls. We were all trying to forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> Channel, Channel 4 was, like, 82, wasn't it? So I think it just predated me as well, and Mr Ripley. I was yeah. trying to explain to my kids what it was like when you only had three channels and they, they finished at like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And my I do remember said, Teletext. Oh, yes. Tel- like oh, the, the teletext TV has luxury. To end and then Teletext used to start and that would be on like all night. I remember that. <laughs> Bamboos During the war. Digitizer. <laughs> oh. when, I, when I explained to my kids that TV finished about 11 at night, they said, that's okay, you can just watch a DVD. <laughs> I'll just pop down the video shop wait for the video man to pop around on, in his yeah. hands to get a film to watch <laughs> well, wow. <he's> <laughs> I, me- I remember my dad came home from work one day and he was like oh I borrowed this, this video from my friend um, he just bought it, just come out and it was Flight of the Navigator I don't actually remember watching it at that time but I do remember that he said like um, he bought it from the video shop directly and it cost him eighty-five pound, and this oh, was wow. like this was like nineteen eighty-six, nineteen eighty-seven. So like mm-hmm. that was a lot of money. Yeah, you know, people don't realise that you know you couldn't just go and buy a film that you wanted to watch. You could rent them, 
but you couldn't just yeah. go and buy a film for a long time. And when you could, they were right. expensive. I remember when my dad bought, he bought a Sony Betamax C7 video recorder and it cost 600 quid. Jeez. And that was in the 1980s. That was a lot of money. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, enough of showing our age because we're all yeah. really old. <laughs> enough of showing <laughs> <people after that. laughs> <laughs> To the youngest member of the podcast again. Luke, you did another exciting thing this week, two times. You yeah. got to ride on the Mardi Gras floats. Heck yes, I did. How did this happen? Um, so I just went on Monday uh, a week ago and... um. Kevin from Theme Park Conquerors posted something on Twitter about being in a float. So I just messaged him, like, how do I get into the overflow? And he just told me how. I got in, they gave me a wristband, and I just got on a float. It was dead easy. The correct answer, Luke, was... Uh, I mean, that's a great answer, but the correct answer should have just <laughs> been, I rocked up wearing my new Universal After Dark t-shirt that you can buy from spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash After Dark. And... Because they recognised it, they were like, "Oh, please come on the float." Oh yeah, <laughs> that's obviously well, he's the there because that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> can anybody do this, or do you have to be a pass holder? Anybody can do this. All you have oh, to really? do, yeah, you just have to show up at that orange bench in front of Barney around four forty-five-ish, four thirty-ish, maybe depending on how busy it is. Um. I also recommend this doing on a Sunday or a Monday, any other night, uh, or any night other than Friday or Saturday, because that's when overflow is super long. Kevin was telling me how he waited since like one o'clock in the afternoon, and he wow. still barely got in, and that was on a Saturday. So, yeah, if you do do it, do it on a Sunday, and then you just gotta around five o'clock is when they start handing out wristbands. Wow. So then, then what happens? So you you go and get your wristband, and then what? And then, uh, you get your wristband. You just put it on. You go into the holding area. They'll mark your wristband, just so they know. Then you have to fill out a, uh, little sheet, just saying like you're volunteering for this, all that stuff. I didn't do that the first time. I didn't know I was supposed to. So, <laughs> but um, yeah. And then you fill that out. You give it to them, and then they have. Uh, sections for each colored wristband that you have on, which is um, each float. And then you wait in there for until around 6-ish. The parade starts at 6.45, so around 6, they'll start like doing an announcement. They teach you how to throw the beads. And they teach you how overhand. to throw them? <laughs> yeah, you can't throw it overhand. You have to throw it like a frisbee or do underhand. Not, do not aim at the face. Yeah, <laughs> I actually got one on a sign yesterday. I got a, Oh, and I also hit Lou Wasserman. <laughs> but, um, he's dead. Goals. <laughs> he's now. <laughs> yeah. but, um. So then after that, they'll uh take you backstage. You put on this weird-looking robe outfit thing, and then you just get put onto the float. They then you wait until the parade starts, and then you go and throw some beads. In. Did you have to flash your chest in order to throw such beads? Didn't have to, but I did. <laughs> you chose that life. Yeah. <laughs> you did do some funny things for beards at first and before you were on the float. Oh, yes. If you ask 
any of those people walking around with beads, how do I get beads? They'll always make you use them. And you get free beads. <laughs> so, I was crying, laughing when you were doing the catwalk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Playing the game. That's so funny. I have a fear of the beads, though. Like, I've never been to Mardi Gras, but I did. They had a... Um, a parade at Halloween Horror Nights one time, like a, a Day of the Dead parade. I was and they there. were throwing it those beards were terrifying because they were they were like they had regular beards, but then they had beards with like big pendants on as well. Oh yeah. And they're throwing those out and I was terrified of them. That's weird. So I d I don't know like how like I'd probably want to be on the floor, but I don't think I'd be like stood at the front waiting for someone to throw beards at my face. Makes me scared. Oh, yeah. We actually had a few people throw beads back at us. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So which which floats were you on then? I was on... The first one I was on last week was the Virgo float, which was... I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like blue and pink. And it <laughs> has this like blue Poseidon-looking lady on the front of it. And then I was... Last night, I was on the riverboat float. So that's the first one in the parade. Ah, which one did you prefer? I prefer the Virgo one just because there was a lot more room. I was on the bottom floor of the riverboat, and I'm decently tall. So, and I was right next to that lamp that was super hot, but it was still fun. But yeah, I definitely prefer the float with a lot more arm room. It sounds super, super exciting. It is so much fun. Everyone gets so hyped. Yes. Have you had a chance to watch any of the performers at Mardi Gras yet? Like the... Like the music Oh, acts. the music? No, not yet. But I will be going with Ashton on March 3rd to go see 311. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm going to go see any other concerts. I am going to go see that. <laughs> awesome. I don't remember who was playing the other day, but... It was like I saw a sign saying that the, the concert was at capacity. And it's something that happens a lot because the only thing that I remember like from, from like recently where there was like a big deal about it being at capacity was Fallout Boy. Yeah, that's the last one I remember as well. And also it yeah. was the Beach Boys and then John Stamos. Oh, uh, that's where it was. But I feel yeah. like maybe it was more because people just wanted to see John Stamos. Yeah. But I don't... And I haven't... Uh, any other times that it's been at capacity other than those two no and i still find it odd that like what why is john famous there yeah no that was weird maybe he's just a big beat voice fan no I um, don't know. no john Stamos. um and i was do you remember the other week when i was messaging i saw about 20 messages listening to universal stuff when i wasn't there um yeah catching up and i was like uh, I'm going to be a geek and do this stuff. <laughs> right, John Stamos, John Stamos even, has been a member of the Beach Boys probably about the last 10, 15 years or so. What? Like, he's like, but so he performs with them and he sings with them, but he's not an official member of the Beach Boys. Um, like, uh. I don't think he's recognised as such, but he often performs with them live. So if they're performing nearby or, you know, if he's working in LA or something and they're doing a gig, he will join them on stage and he will he will perform with the Beach Boys. For a whole oh, this is strange. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's, it's pretty much They're like Coldplay. Coldplay are you know playing a concert, and Paul McCartney just happens to be in town, and he's like, <laughs> "Right, I'm going to go and play Coldplay for the entire set." Hmm. And then it turns into Paul McCartney with Coldplay. Exactly. <laughs> Very weird. Yeah. Okay. So, Luke, are you going to do it again? You're going to get to ride in another Mardi Gras float? Oh, yes. Are you going to take Ashton to do one? Yeah, I'm going to try to, because he's getting his pass soon. So I'm going to convince him to do it. Yes. Yeah, there's going to be at least two more Mardi Gras videos. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to watch a new one when we finish this recording. I'm going to watch it straight away. I'm super excited. It's a fun one. Yes. Okay, so now I have any more questions about Mardi Gras before I move on. No? We're good? Okay. So, on to Halloween Horror Nights. Oh. I'm super excited because there's been so many rumours flying around for the past two weeks. And Chris, is there any Um, truth to these rumours, do you think? I don't see. I think he's oh, Chris, gone. Where's Chris gone? Well, I'm just going to make up Chris's answer. And Basically. if Chris is here, I think he'd say, maybe there is, maybe there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't give me a straight answer. But <laughs> the The one that I'm most excited about <laughs> that I've heard rumoured anyway, thanks for leaving us, Chris, is Halloween. What, Halloween as in... Wait, can you do it in his voice? Um, I'm terrible accents, you know that, so no. <laughs> I don't want to say anything. I'm almost as rubbish accents as Lucas. <laughs> so, I'm pretty poo. But with the new Halloween film coming out from Blumhouse in October, rumours are circulating that, that we could see another Halloween house this year. And I'm I'm so down with that. Like, I think this is the perfect opportunity. Everybody's so hyped about this film. All that I look for every day is Jamie Lee Curtis posting things on online. It's it's really weird, isn't it? Luke's gone as well. Um, oh, <laughs> leaving us. Haters. Haters gonna hate. Um it's weird because it's it's being driven by Danny McBride, isn't it? Uh-huh. And I've got a really weird thing with Danny McBride because I like some of the stuff he's done, but I do find him a bit odd. Like, he's not funny in... You know, I like think people like Will Ferrell, right? Mm-hmm. And they work together quite a lot, right? But it's a different kind of comedy... That he has, and he's a, you know, you know, he he's very po-faced when he does comedy, and you know, a bit more serious. Even though the characters are quite outlandish, like it's a different type of comedy to like what Will Ferrell would do. And mm-hmm. I'm just not completely convinced with how he. I don't think he's a particularly good actor. Like everything I'm, I've seen him in, he seems to be the same. It's just a slight, slight variation of the same character. Yeah, um, Red from Pineapple Express. Yeah, Pineapple Express. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen Eastbound and Down or um, Vice Principals is a new one he's doing, but the character's always quite similar. 
and even mm-hmm. in, the, in films as well, same same kind of thing. I didn't see him in Alien. I, I haven't seen that Alien film that he's in. But no. in the trailers for that, it seemed like it was Danny McBride again. And it just, it, it just seems to have like a distinct style. And I'm just not sure how it's going to work with Halloween. At the same time, Blumhouse is on a roll. Yes. So if, you know, if they're confident this is going to work, You've got to put a bit of faith. You know, they must, they must have seen something to inspire them to do this. So therefore, although I'm not particularly hot on it, at the same time, I have faith in what they do at the moment. So, uh huh. Like I feel like if they didn't do Halloween this year, they'd be missing an opportunity. When's the film due out? Is it summer? It's it's mid October. That's due out. So hang on, hang on. They're actually going to release a horror film about <laughs> Halloween in October rather than August. <laughs> it looks that way for, for now. I'm going to jinx it and I'm touching all of the woods. But hopefully it'll be coming out in mid-October. And at first I was kind of like, oh, maybe that means that we won't get it this year then. But then when we've had things like um, Insidious last year and we had like a glimpse at Insidious chapter four and then we had saw and then that had like a glimpse at the new jigsaw film this could be like for for the earlier weeks of the event like a, a trailer for the like a live-in trailer yeah. for the new film yeah True. i honestly feel like if, if they if they if they can't get it this year i think it'd be it'd be pretty pretty sad so yeah. I'm I'm banking on seeing it this year. So I'm I'm going to say that that is a, a likely rumor. Well, I, I think considering the relationship as well, I think it's almost a shoo-in, If I'm yeah. honest, I, I can't see it wouldn't be the other like houses that everybody wants. They're not Universal properties, or they don't have that history that Blumhouse does. So, you know, you obviously see the rumors about things like uh, Stranger Things. And it, they're the two that everyone wants. Yeah. I, do you know what? I, I actually don't think you could have them both at the same event. Really? I think they're too big. I, I think that they're, they're obviously very, very big, but I feel like the way that, that creative have been, have been doing things the last few years, like us seeing things like The Shining and The Exorcist, and then get things like American Horror Story. I think, I think that it's kind of expected that we get big, big names now. What you going to say, Mister D? I was just going to say, do you mean that that they wouldn't afford them? No, or I don't that, think that they would conflict with each other. I, I, I don't know actually. Really, I, I don't think the budget's the the issue because I mean I don't know. I've got no idea how much a license costs, and I know that. Um, you know, people will probably be bidding high for it because of it being like the biggest horror film in you know probably history. Actually, well, certainly up until something like the, the Exorcist. I mean, it, it was a huge, huge hit. Um, and obviously, Stranger Things, lots and lots of buzz around Stranger Things. But with Stranger Things, I think doesn't really need the publicity. Well, it doesn't need the publicity either. But I think it would probably get more of a benefit being associated with Halloween Horror Nights than it would do. So I'd imagine like, it would probably be the most expensive. But what I mean is, is that 
they're both such big names that I think you'd want them spaced out. So like, that, you know, that, that, that's like your main house for the year. And I think if you have, if you had both of those properties, they'd probably be stretched out so thinly trying to kind of like be better than the other that I can't see them both being amazing. Whilst if you had Stranger Things one year and, um, you know, that, I've even forgot what it is now. What the, it. it. Yeah. How can you forget it, for God's sake? So, but, yeah, of all things. Um, but yeah, so I, I think they'd probably be better having them a year apart. Um, that's, that's, my, that's my thing. Um, I think once you've got it for a year, like once you've done it, as you've seen with like American Horror Stories or The Walking Dead, like if they do Stranger Things this year, for example, um, next year they could do Stranger Things again, but it would have to be different and it probably wouldn't be as elaborate as it is the first time around. Mm. So that, that's kind of what I mean. Like they'd just be two mm. huge properties. And I think having them both together would dilute the other. Yeah. I don't know. Like I kind of feel like, like what well, you would have seen it yourself this year. And that the queue for American horror story was always crazy, crazy, crazy long. And then the things that maybe when as like the shining, the shining was my favorite house and the shining's super relevant to me as a as a fan of the shine and a fan of of horror films but to maybe some of the other people that were coming to halloween horror nights it maybe wasn't as relevant to them as what american horror story was whereas if you had a couple of super relevant ips like if you did have it and stranger things then you know that kind of disperses the crowd a little bit more mm. And I think that would that's that's maybe what we need now. Now that Halloween Horror Nights has turned into such a massive, massive event, I feel like if we're going to get IPs, they need to be relevant ones. And well, we need to have a few relevant ones anyway. And, and I feel like with like if we leave it too long, are people going to be as into it? But the thing is, like, there's not going to be an it this year. Like the next it is scheduled for 2019, I think. Mm. So that's when the second part's supposed to be out. So although it's supposed to be being re-released for this Halloween, like the rumor at the moment is they're going to re-release the director's cut of of it for the Halloween season as like a special presentation or, or whatever. But the next part of it is not coming out for another year, mm-hmm. uh, at, at least. Um, Stranger Things, same thing actually. I don't think Stranger Things Two is due to land until next year, isn't it? Three. So as I say, Stranger Things too. Yeah, Stranger Things. Um, yeah, I don't think the next series of that is supposed to land until next year. Mm-hmm. So the thing, you know, you could get away, you could get away with doing either one this year. And you know what? They might be ambitious and, and, and do both. But, you know, to me, Stranger Things, it, um, Halloween, they're, they're big properties. Halloween, not so much, but there'll be that hype around the new film. Uh-huh. So, therefore, I think it'll be more... You know, that, to me, is is probably a bigger name than an Insidious or, um, you know, The Purge or something like that. Although they're kind of, you know, the, the cool horror films of now, Halloween has always been there. Mm-hmm. It's got that history, and it's got a new film coming out, so... 
I don't know. I'm I'm super super hoping for for Halloween this year. I'm also really hoping for it and Stranger Things. Like I I'm on the side of all of the big houses. Like I want all of them, every single one. <laughs> but another rumor, and Luke, you'll super like this one, is the thing. Had they not done the thing before? <laughs> yeah. I thought they had. But it's it's rumored pretty much every year. But the rumors just seem to be a little bit stronger this year. And I heard quite a lot of rumors for it last year too, like like heavier than usual rumors for it last year. And I was surprised that we didn't see it. But it's 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 back on the rumor mill this year. You know which what? version? Well, that's Scott it. Scott Russell. Mm-hmm. No idea. No I, idea. I, you know what? The only way, like The Shining, was a big coup, right? Because it was something they've been trying to get for years, Stephen King property, trying to get a Stephen King property for years. I think they did it really well. What I think would be really good with Halloween Horror Nights, and I don't know if this is the plan, it certainly worked out that way last year, but if the rumour is true about the thing, and I think, Mr D, it's going to have to be the original version, well, not the original version, but the 80s version, rather than the the recent remakes that didn't do very well. Um, If what they do is they have like a legacy house, because mm-hmm. the thing is quite a time not a timeless film but you know it's it's a film that you know is is fondly looked back on in, in horror history as is the shining you know what i think would be quite nice is if they had like one or two properties that are now relevant so mm-hmm. you know la- let's look at last year last year we had uh saw we mm-hmm. had american horror stories and then you had The Shining. So you had two new relevant properties and a legacy classic one as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, Blumhouse as well. So, you know, that on, on a lesser scale. Um, and Ash, obviously, um, is, is kind of another bit of a cult thing. So if that's what they wanted to do, and like every year they had like a legacy house, I think that'd mm-hmm. be great. Because, I mean, you know, in previous years we've had The Exorcist as well. You know, they could do things like The Fly, Going mm-hmm. forward, I think that would be quite popular as well. Um, you know, if they could ever get the Alien license again, do a proper Alien house, that would be oh. amazing. Um, a year that I'd avoid, obviously. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that would be quite a nice way of doing it. Otherwise, um, I don't really see the point of them doing a thing house because it just seems... The, the Shining is, uh, you know, really regarded as a classic. The thing uh-huh. has a lot of fans, but it's not really in the same prestige. No, but then I feel like a lot of the creative team are really, obviously, massive fans of the, the more classic horror films. Mm. And, you know, they they strive to to get these properties. And you can see that. So when it when it's all put together, like the Shining House was was a beautifully done house, and oh. you could tell that so much passion was put into it. And so I, they they tend to be my favorite houses. Is the like you said, like the legacy, the legacy horror film type houses, do tend to be my favorites. We now have to briefly interrupt the podcast to have a few words from our sponsors. Dude. 
This After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Hi, this is Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel, proud sponsor of the Dis After Dark podcast. How can you be prepared for your next Disney vacation? By booking with me. You don't want to be that guy that's stuck in the crowds, waiting in the four-hour Pandora lines, and being turned away at restaurants. Contact me at WPMagicJourneys.com. Tell me you heard this ad at This After Dark to get $25 off your deposit. Best of all, there's no charge for my services, so Hakuna Matata, because you will. And now, back to the show. What was lovely for me was going to uh, Halloween Horror Nights, seeing The Shining, having not seen the film, and then, uh, you know, when I watched it for Halloween a few weeks later at the cinema, and being able to look at back at those things. So I don't think I lost anything by not seeing the film beforehand, because I knew, you know, a lot of the big, iconic moments. Mm-hmm. But certainly like the, I, I appreciated the level of detail more seeing the film um, yeah. and how things looked and like, you know, okay, the ballroom scene was obviously done on a much smaller scale, but, you know, even that, you were like, okay, I can see what they were doing there and, you know, it was just really, really well done. So the attention to detail was quite phenomenal, really. Yeah, I thought, honestly, that has been my favourite house that I've ever seen at Halloween Horror Nights not because it was the scariest because I don't think it was the scariest but I think it was just the most wonderfully put together the thing is though I want to ask this to everybody we're mm-hmm. talking about IP's legacy houses and everything like that and obviously the event seems to get bigger and bigger last year but uh, every year but you know and I did like the IP houses a lot but you know my favourite house of, of that event was Deadwater by far, I loved it. I thought it was so well done. I thought the the, the set design, everything was was spot on. Um, do you think they could ever go back to like that kind of older model where they just rely on the IP, on their own IPs rather than farming them out to whatever's big in pop culture? I I always do prefer the originals and. I appreciate the originals in a whole different way to what I appreciate the IP is because obviously with the originals you're starting from scratch, you're starting from your own ideas and you're putting all of that together. So I appreciate them so much more and I, I love them so much more and I'd love that. Mm. But I don't think that they ever would. I think they could, but I don't think that they would. Oh, Mr. D, I mean, you obviously, you've been to one Halloween Horror Night event mm. You don't normally go out that time of year if you do go to Orlando. 
but would would the inclusion of certain IPs drag you there, or would the idea of there just being original concepts either you know sway your decision either way? Yeah, I mean, my, my favourite house from from the year I went wasn't an IP house; it was the Lightning Gulch. Um, but having said that, I would really like to have seen the Shining House. So, so yes, yeah, some IPs would would definitely be an attraction, and and I just think that they would always have some IPs. It's just it just gets people in the door. I think you know people are. They want to see their favourite show or their favourite movie, don't they? They want to experience it, be in the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, personally, you know, I thought some of the um, some of the most creative ones were the non-IP houses because they've got a lot more freedom to, to do whatever they want. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Luke, well, that, what, do you, yeah. what do you think? So as a... As a younger person going to the event, do you do you feel like you need IPs? Uh, me personally, no. I do enjoy the IPs, though. I always love uh just seeing what they're gonna bring each year. But if they did like five originals and four IPs, I would like that a lot better. Cause I do like the originals better. They they're always just different from the IPs. Yeah, definitely. So, going back to Blumhouse for a second. Ash has just texted me, actually, to to remind me to talk about this. (laughs) We saw Blumhouse um, post a picture today to announce that they're going to be working on Five Nights at Freddy's. And this, this again, is something that's that's been rumoured for Halloween Horror Nights for a few years. But with with the link now with Blumhouse, do we think that we could see a Five Nights at Freddy's house? Is that a is that a Blumhouse thing then? It is now. Well, Blumhouse are, are working on the film. Oh, I didn't realise. Okay. It was just it was just posted today. Oh, Mister D, have you ever played it? No, no, I haven't. It's a it's a very simple game. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know what it is, I've only played it a couple of times myself. But basically, you play you um, play a security guard um, who is watching the security um, cameras of a restaurant after mm-hmm. hours, and they have these um, audio animatronic um, characters like bears and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and there's rumours that they uh, can get up to mischief, even though they they obviously aren't living creatures. And uh, you've got to uh, keep an eye on them to make sure they don't do anything using the cameras. <laughs> and uh, you, you have your shift, so you start at like one o'clock or something in the morning, and uh, you see your, your, your kind of clock countdown, and uh, yeah. you've got to use your torch at times and stuff like that. And you've only got so much um, battery on your torch, so you've got to do, you know, you've got to be conservative with your usage of it. Um, yeah. And if you. If, if you're looking at the camera, they can't move. But when you look away to another camera, they can move. So yeah. it's trying to make sure that you are using your time wisely to make sure mm. they don't come and kill you. Yeah. But it scares, like, it, it's 
the idea is that it, it, it's, it's supposed to scare you. Like it's, it's supposed to give you like jump scares. And yeah, um, yeah it, YouTube videos of people playing it are are uh, quite funny. So um, <laughs> that's that's kind of the the basis of the first one at least. I'm not sure about the others, but um, that's interesting. I can see how that could work as a movie as well, actually. Well, so. I've I've never played the game, but I've I've seen things about it. And Ash has played the game, and she said that it's creepy AF. Yep. So I think it looks cool. And also, I just checked and Blumhouse bought the rights last year when New Line put it put it up. So they've had the rights for a while, and then they just announced today that they were gonna be making a film with Chris Columbus. But he's dead. So it's. Well, obviously not. But he discovered America, apparently. <laughs> wrong, yeah. wrong Chris Columbus. <laughs> but th- this is interesting, and I, I do think that a lot of people would be really excited about this. Oh, yeah, that'd bring in a huge crowd. Yeah. I think it would maybe bring in a different, a different crowd, too, because you hear quite often about people really wanting... Um, like houses based on games and I I'm not I'm not a gamer so I don't I don't know a lot of games that would work well but I know that um people really loved the Silent Hill house and there's being that was based on the film though wasn't it I could be wrong it was based on the film right yeah but obviously like the film came from the game but people do do like the idea of having houses based on games. Luke, I think that you told me about a game last year that you said would work well as a house, but I don't remember where it is now. Pac-Man. No. Was it Diablo? Yeah. Oh, that was... that was. Uh, I was saying that um, The Fallen had a Diablo vibe. Ah. Yeah. Right. But yeah, you, you do see quite often people people talking about different games that work well as houses. And yeah, this has been a topic of conversation for a few years now. So I feel like people would be into it. But then another rumour that I think that we are all hoping is true after the scare zone last year is Trick or Treat. Just want, hang on, just while you're, um, you, you're talking about uh, Five Night Freddy's and Chris Columbus... Um, uh-huh. I just double checked before I said it, just because this is the only thing tonight I've, I've blurted out that I wasn't too sure on. So I actually fact checked. He was involved in um, the Night at the Museum movies. Ah, didn't direct them, but uh, I think he produced them. So really, it's not a dissimilar concept to that, really, if you think about it. Right. So there you go. I feel like I want to play this game now. It is all about jump scares, just to let you know. It's I'm excited. What what can you get it on? Like what what gaming platforms can you get this on? I think you can get it on Pirate. iOS. Pirate Bay. <laughs> <laughs> we we on the Arthur Dart Network do not condone the use of piracy unless you want to use piracy and that's your own choice. I wouldn't even know how to do that. I don't even know what that means. But like could I play it on an Xbox? Uh I'm not sure. I know you can play it on your computer. Okay. I'm going to look into this. I'll, I'll look into it while you talk about the next thing. Okay, so trick or treat. So we all loved the scare zone last year. And when we did our episode, when we all came back from Orlando, we were talking about how 
But I know that at least me and Chris were talking about how we feel like trick-or-treat would work amazingly well as a house. And I think a lot of people feel the same. And so that is really heavily rumoured this year. Maybe they were I, testing the waters. Yeah, this guy's that's what they kind of did with the purge. Mm-hmm. And I know that a few years ago there was another scare zone in in that same park area and I forgot what it's called now, but it had the same Huh? Was it psychoscarapy? No, I don't oh, remember the... where it was, but they had they had all the pumpkins out in the in pretty much the same way as they did with Trick or Treat. And they I remember they were saying how they were going to maybe have the doors out for trick-or-treaters in the same way that we had it this year. And they were taking inspiration from trick-or-treat. So that was obviously something that they were thinking of for a long time. I think the film came out in like 2008 or 2009. So, you know, that was something that they were obviously thinking about. And so I I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that as a house this year. I, I I think it would, it would definitely work well as a house too because they have all the different scenes and settings. Yeah, because it's it's an anthology film, so yeah. there's, there's all different stories mixed in it. So it would it would I think it would work well as a long house. Oh yeah, definitely the the super house or whatever. Yes, and you could get some really cool scenes in there. I'd love it if we could see the. The part in the film where they go down into is it is it a quarry that they go down into and they go yeah. down a little lift that would work amazingly well inside of a house I think with oh, all yeah, of the, be, dead, yeah. the dead kids. There's so much cool stuff that they could do with it. I think that it would it would be a shame if we didn't see it as a house really. Yeah. And obviously, I just want to see Sam more. He's very cute. The, I've still not seen the film, but um, yeah, I think that character was was particularly cute. Um, he's adorable for a horror character. Oh, um, I did, I did, I did think the scare zone was really good. I mean, I don't think any of the scare zones were particularly scary last year, for whatever reason. Um, but I, I thought that was probably the best themed of them. Yeah, you know what though? I feel like it's it's hard to make a scare zone really scary. The only time, yeah, the the best one for me was um, it was probably the, I think it was the one you was referencing earlier, Amanda, with the uh, the New Orleans the zombie parade. Yeah, or what you know, however they they did it, um, because if I remember rightly, there was like a lot of. Um, not dry ice, but, um, you know, like fog machines and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So, like, it, it gave that impression of, you know, not being able to see. You could see in front of you, but you couldn't see everything clearly. Mm-hmm. So it works a lot better. Whilst a lot of the scare zones this year, um, you could see. They might they might still get you, to be fair, but you could see them coming at, at you. You could see, like, you was, you was approaching them. So if they turn around to kind of like scare you, it might start with you a little bit, but you it wasn't a complete shock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I found anyway. Definitely. But I do think that it's, you know, scare actors and scare zones probably have the hardest job, I think. Oh, and, and like I think, you know, I'm not trying to like put them down or anything like that because they were. All the interactions I had were great. 
Um, and yeah, like you say, like everyone was putting their all into it. It was just, it was hard. I think the only one that was kind of successful was probably the, the Chainsaw Clowns. Just because chainsaws always, uh, always get people. Um, you know, if it's not it, what it is with them, they've got the double whammy. First, they've got how they look, but if that doesn't get you, the chainsaw noise will. Because yes. immediately that makes, even if you can see them with it, the noise of a chainsaw will make you jump. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. But it works. Yep. Definitely. I really loved the Sky Zones of last year and I, I, I feel like I like it better. Like from past experience where Sky Zones have really, really terrified me, like Field of Screams, which again was in, in the in the park area where that was just all scarecrows. Um and that terrified me so so much. I do prefer the kind of campy scare zones like invasion. And I love seeing the the kind of little sets that they make. Like that, the UFO last year was incredible. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was a very good scare zone in terms of how it was made to look. I think the biggest problem with Invasion is that it was like, you know, very 1950s B-movie. And I know, as strange as it sounds, but it felt plumped. Like, all of a sudden, there was this little bit that was like set in the 1950s and then you were back into the present day again. <laughs> yeah. There was no, there was nothing to distinguish it. Like you was walking towards it, you started, you were in the 1950s for 20 feet and then you're back in the present day again. And there was nothing to, you know, if, you, if you'd have had to walk under like, if it was in a tent, for example, like a big gazebo or something like that, it would have made more sense to me. But because it was just out in the open, in the middle of, like, San Fran, it just mm-hmm. felt a little bit odd. Yeah. But, yeah, it's also very, very tight. Yeah, extremely tight. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, as well, like, you had that, that big UFO on one side, didn't you, Amanda? And then on the other side, mm-hmm. you had that big army truck. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, that that has a lot to do with the fact that there's been so much construction in that area for the last two years with with disaster going. And this year probably won't be as cramped because they'll have more space. Mm. I think that, like, the last few years I've really enjoyed the scare zones that have been in that area. But you're right in what you're saying, that it's been, like, it's been extra cramped. But maybe that's added a bit... A bit more to it. I also wonder if they have, for the Fast and Furious queue, if it's actually, like, big enough to put a house in like they did with Disaster. Maybe. And I, th- I think that's something that Universal have to have to consider now, is that when the, when they're building all these new rides, Halloween Horror Nights has to has to come into play with, with the planning. Where they if they if they're building queues that are like super immersive, can they can they rely on just putting the houses in sound stages and tents, and are they going to have space for them? Yeah, it's it's hard, but I'm super hoping that we're going to see a, a two park event again in the future. 
because that was that was so good i would like super cool i would love to come out and see that honestly it was incredible like that's been probably one of my favorite ever times that i've been to halloween horror nights was when when we had it in both parks it was absolutely fantastic and the way that they they kind of made it so that you could go from park to park was awesome too. How, the whole how, thing was just really cool. How, how do I do it? So you know where um, the kind of near where the Hogwarts Express goes goes across now, they they had that little bit open, so you'd like walk between the parks that way, and it was like. Um, I'm pretty sure that it was a a scare zone that led you between the two parks, if I remember rightly. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure that it was like a... If I'm not confusing it, it was like a trailer and then... like I kind of got like a Texas Chainsaw Mask kind of vibe from it. I don't remember what it was called. But I'm pretty sure they had to walk through that to get to Islands. And it was awesome. Kind really... of like where... Have you watched any videos of Horror Nights at Hollywood? Yeah. When they had the scare zone, I think it was last year, where they had... Um, I think they had Freddy Krueger. I think they Jason. might have had Jason. Yeah. Oh, the um, terror trail. It wasn't, it wasn't the terror trial. So it might have been the year before that then. But they had like one big scare zone with all of them in it and it was no, all like different was... sections. I think it was called the Terror Tram, but you got off. You got off it to to experience it. Yeah, oh, Chucky right. was the host. Right. Okay. But that that scare zone, something like that, would work really well going between the two parks. So you'd have to kind of go through stages. Oh yeah, like kind of work like back behind where Grinchmas the line is, or yes, further. It would work awesomely. Um, the other rumor, which I don't think really necessitates as a rumor, because I think it's, you know, fairly certain that we're probably going to get an American Horror Story house again. But the rumors are that we're either going to get it based on just asylum or cult. I don't see the point of doing asylum again. I right, I have mixed feelings about it because I feel like it was it was one of my favourite seasons, and there's an awful lot that they could do with it. Because as much as I loved the little part that was in the house last year, there's so many different stories going on in Asylum that they could really work with. Yeah, but it was kind of like the greatest hits for me. Like mm. you know, you saw I can't remember the character's name, but the one that has the weird kind of uh, face. Bloody face. Is that a name? No. Oh, wait. The one with like, the, the, the goofy Pepper? teeth. Pepper. Oh, yeah. Well done, Luke. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, you know, she's obviously a very iconic character. You had the doctor performing his surgeries, which again is, is very iconic in that series. Um... You had the music playing, you had the, the kind of like bathroom area. Like it just it seemed like a lot of the greatest hits were seen in it. And obviously you had the nuns as well. Um so I don't know I know what you're saying, but I 
I don't know how much of that, more of that translates. Um, unless you kind of spent more time going around the cells and stuff like that. I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I, I really liked Asylum. It's still the last season I've watched of American Horror Stories because we started to watch Coven together and then mm-hmm. uh, my wife decided that it was far too um, witchy for me to enjoy. <laughs> so she watched it by herself. I'll watch it again. I'll watch it by myself. It's fine. But um, it was good because, you know, I was able to, even with the, the first few episodes, I was able to see things, recognise things from the house last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was quite cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think do it on, on something that's not been done. And Cult was the last season, wasn't it? Yeah. So with Cult, when I started watching it, Chris Ripley, we barely knew you because you've left us. Um <laughs> he was like oh my god it's like it's made to be a Halloween Horror Nights and I was like I don't know I'm not feeling that like I'm not feeling that vibe from it and I wasn't really into it and then when they'd finished the season I went back and watched it again from the beginning and I really really got into it I don't I don't personally think that it would make an amazing Halloween Horror Nights house. I think that the the clown masks that they have in there are really creepy, and that like that would translate well into a house. But I don't think I, I don't know if it's too political. What about hotel? I would love an entire house on hotel because again, like like in the same way with Asylum, where there's so many different parts that you could use, hotel has so many cool stories going on that I think that would make the best mm. American Horror Story house that we've seen. And I really liked it last so year. I know, I know people were a little bit hot and cold in it, but I actually enjoyed the American Horror Stories house last year. I think they're always amazing houses. Like, well, the last two years have been amazing houses. I do wish that they would focus on, on one so that we could see all those different levels. Because as much as I love going through the different seasons, like at, at 26 when we had Freak Show and Hotel and Murder House, it was awesome. But I just wanted to see more of those seasons. So I honestly wouldn't be angry if they were like, okay, we've done mashup houses now and we're going to go right back to the beginning and we're going to do a murder house one and then we're going to do an asylum one and then we're going to do a cover one. I, I, that wouldn't make that's me feel red like that. That's what, I get, that's what I mean as well, because the thing is, like, it's almost like they're just trying to cram it in. Like, there is no reason why... I know, what, American Horror Story is on season seven now, I think. Mm-hmm. Was that season eight, Colt? I think that was seven. Okay. So, I mean, you know, let, let's just say it was seven, right? They could do it if they wanted to for seven years. Mm-hmm. They don't even have to do it in order. But, like, you know, just in case, like, it, it doesn't, you know, its popularity wanes a little bit or something like that. Start with the most popular seasons, but do it as a whole season. Because I think even in Hollywood, they've done mashup houses, haven't they? They haven't done a, a full single house yet. Well, last year they did it just on Roanoke. Of course they did. Yeah, what am I talking about? I, I watched a video of um, Sarah Paulson going through it, which was uh, hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I think that's what they should do. I think they should pick a season and, and stick with it. Um, you know, I really like the coven bit in in the house this year, but there's definitely more they could have focused on with that, I think. Mm-hmm. They could have really expanded on that. 
I agree. And, you know, I think everybody got a little bit sick when we were, when we kept having Walking Dead. But I think Walking Dead's a completely different kind of thing because there's only so many, as much as I think that Walking Dead's a cool show, I'm not like a super, super fan of it. I think it's cool. But you're, you you know you're fighting zombies in every season and you might be in a different place doing it but it's still the same kind of thing whereas american horror story is completely different stories in every season even, even though obviously you know one of the things with american horror stories is the fact that they had the same a lot of the same actors year in year out they're all mm-hmm. playing different characters and or, yeah. on or normally they're playing different characters and the storylines are always completely different so you know, you've, it's always something fresh. Whilst, yeah, anything like The Walking Dead, or even to an extent Stranger Things, if they did that as a house, you know, if they did that for multiple years, the, the premise is kind of the same. Not much mm-hmm. changes. But American Horror Stories, every year it's something new. So it definitely, it definitely breaks that mould for me. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, on the note, I've just started watching Ash vs. the Evil Dead. I just watched the, um, the pilot. Of that, do you like because it of, because of the because of the house? Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, I, I described it as kind of like The Walking Dead with humour <laughs> and a bit more violent because it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, I really enjoyed it, so I can't wait to um, dive into the rest of it now. I've seen uh, the house. Um, I've got a question for Mister D. Go for it. Who's done the one ha- uh, done the one year? Um, yeah. You know, I know you said you you enjoyed it. Yeah. Do you think now? I mean, I don't know when you're next going planning to go back to Orlando, but would you now plan going back around Halloween Horror Night season? Yeah, I, th- I think we would. We um, when we first went to Disney, we we always went at that time, but the kids were young. Yeah. So we'd go to Mickey's Not So Scary and Food and Wine. Um, then the kids hit school, so we we switched to to summer then. But now that we don't have that problem anymore, then definitely um, Halloween's a big attraction and Halloween Horror Nights is a big attraction. So, yeah, although it did, it did enjoy me, but for different reasons. But I think still October, I think, is our, you know, our favourite time. The only thing they did put us off was that it was pretty busy. Mm. Not, not Halloween Horror Nights, but just everything was pretty busy. Mm. I think lots of people have jumped on the bandwagon and discovered that October is a really good time to go. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Over the last few years, the uh, the crowds have... I don't think that there is a quiet time now. No. There's so much going on in the parks at all times that, you know, it's compared to to maybe like seven, eight or even ten years ago, it's, it's completely different crowd-wise. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, financial statements just came out, didn't they, recently? And they're doing pretty well, even even with the price increases. Well, still gonna, doing well. I was going to say, that's the other thing. Like, you know, all weekends, I know this isn't universal, so we'll, we'll cover it just very, very quickly. But, you know, this, this weekend, uh, Disney announced another price hike, as they seem to do most Februarys. And people are up in arms and saying, you know, it's terrible and this, that and the other. And yet... Attendance doesn't seem to be dropping. No. If anything, it's mm-hmm. increasing. And the thing is, like quite often, and again, going back to social media, you say, oh, Disney is too expensive, Universal's too expensive, they should reduce their prices. Well, let's let's be honest, it's a business. 
And if they can raise the prices and they can still get the same numbers of people going, they're not going to lower those prices. The only time any of them will even consider lowering their prices is if they see a massive drop in attendance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's the sad truth of it. Yeah. Okay, so has anyone else got anything else they want to talk about in Halloween Horror Nights? Um, I just want to publicly say that I want to go back. Please do. I I absolutely, I, I can say this quite openly because he's not here tonight, um, but I absolutely loved going there with Craig. I loved the podcast that we made. I think even though I'm on them, they're hysterical. Um, and we got a new catchphrase out of it. I absolutely loved going there. I would love to go back. I would love to go back when some of you guys are out there as well. Um, I don't know when that's going to happen. I would love it to be the, I would, you know, I don't think I could do it every year. Um, I, I a part of me would love to, but I don't know when I can next do it, but I am certainly looking forward to the time that I can do it again. That's for sure. Oh, I'd love it if you if you came for a spontaneous trip this year. <laughs> You're so <laughs> right. I just don't. I think it might result in a divorce, and I'm not really oh, that keen on doing it. that. No, I need. To, I mean, really, I need to take my wife, but she yes. won't go to Halloween Horror Nights, so it's going to have to be like a Disney trip with a little bit of Universal in, and then that should give me enough grace to be able to go alone again <laughs> with my yeah. my boyfriend Craig. Um, but yeah, no, so, um, yeah, I, I loved going out there with Craig last year and, uh, want to just thank him again for giving me that opportunity to go with him. But, um, yeah, one day, one day we'll all be there. One yes. day. And we'll record a special episode of the podcast. Oh, what an episode it'll be. Live. Yes. So I, I do have more things that I want to talk about with Halloween Horror Nights, but I really want Chris to be here to do it, so I'm going to save them for the next episode because I know that Chris will probably have an awful lot that he'll want to say about them. Good choice. Uh-huh. And I'm also conscious that this has turned into a, another super long episode because I, all I do is waffle. So we'll save that for next time. We'll have another episode out in two weeks. So make sure you come back to us for that one if you haven't already go back and listen to our jason ryan perry interview who played ted at the bill and ted show because that was one of my favorite episodes that we've ever ever recorded it was absolutely fantastic so if you've missed that definitely go back and listen to that one and check out luke's videos from universal because he's just posted one today and he'll have more up in the next few days and where can i find it amanda they can find that at youtube.com slash is, is it still Dis After Dark or is it After Dark Podcast Network now on YouTube? I think, I think if you type Dark in Dis After Dark, it still comes up anyway. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I think it does. Um, yeah. And also, I mean, yes, Amanda, we should be having another episode out in two weeks. There's every chance that, you know, let's be flexible with this. You know, if, if we want to get another episode out there, let's do that. But we don't want people to miss it if we do release an episode sooner than two weeks. So the best thing for you to do is subscribe yes if you don't already subscribe to us subscribe to us because it costs you nothing and as soon as we release a new episode you've got it in your podcast app of choice so whilst two weeks is a good guess at when another episode is out we might decide to do one in a week's time 
and we are very unpredictable like that so that's more than likely true the only thing predictable on this show at the moment is Mr. D's choice of cider. And that's because he bought yes. bulk. So everything else. <laughs> Buy in bulk. <laughs> All bets are off. Indeed. So on that note, we will see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye now. Bye. Thank you for listening to this show. If you would like to support us and the other After Dark Podcast Network shows, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's P-A-T-R-E-R-N dot com slash disafterdark. As well as supporting the show, there are other goodies available, including badges and soon t-shirts available as a thank you for your support.